Welcome back to the Office Marketing Podcast with Mike Swigert, the podcast all about sales tips, mindset, and value bombs. Five questions to help make your day more productive and learn a thing or two. Here is your host, best-selling author, Mike Swigert. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Office Marketing Podcast. I am on with John Covey right now. And John comes to us from Princeton, New Jersey. Is that right, John? You're in Princeton, aren't you? Yeah, close ish. enough, everybody. Okay. Ish. When yeah. you're in Central Jersey, you, you just use the Princeton address. Well, uh, <laughs> John is so nice to come on. John has an awesome, awesome background in furniture. He's worked, uh, you know, he has sold Knoll. He has sold, uh, you know what, John, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit something. Uh, look, tell us about what you're doing right now and a little bit, a little bit about yourself. So I started LBJ Interior Solutions um, mid-December. So it's quick. It's mid-February, right? It feels like just yesterday. But I decided to finally start my own contract furniture company. Um, a lot of people were like, wow, it's about time, John. Um, I decided to make this move because I want to mentor the leaders of tomorrow. I, you know, I've worked for two really large dealerships and a small dealership in my time. And what I've learned in this business is there was a failure to mentor young people. And one of the things I love is while I do sales, I love pushing people beyond their limits to become more than me or anybody else. And when you look at the furniture landscape these days, it's, a, it's an aging community. And you know, when I actually started to do the business plan, I listed out all of the different dealers in the market and I started listing off all their salespeople. And when I started to list it off, I said, how am I the youngest person in the tri-state area doing the business that I'm doing? And I've been doing this for 15 to 17 years. There's something wrong. <laughs> yeah. And my goal is to correct that. And you know what, maybe, you know, We'll see. I just started in the journey and I'm excited. Well, that's good. Well, you know what? You didn't start by, um, by just falling off the turnip truck and then, you know, just start selling furniture. So walk <laughs> us through, like, how'd you get here? Cause you have great acumen. People didn't get to hear our, our pre-talk. You've got a great furniture background. Tell us a little bit about that. So I left Virginia tech. I graduated actually was an engineer at Virginia tech, chemical engineer thinking I was going to follow dad's footsteps year after at Virginia Tech, I was like, dad, I don't think I'm going to be a chemical engineer. I, the, I like to talk. I don't like to study. <laughs> so I told my dad I was going to go into business marketing. Um, after I left Virginia Tech, I got a job for a company called Dataram in Princeton. I went into IT and I went right into IT sales. And I'll be honest with you, I was not the best salesperson in the world. I had the gift of gab. I was lucky to have the right mentorship around me because they were like always pushing me and saying every week you should look at what you do and how you can improve it. And that's kind of how I work every week is, wow, I did that last week. Did that really work or did it not work? And you got to learn to pivot and you got to pivot a lot. Um, and then I ran into one of my friends and he said, I can't believe you're in IT you should come and do office furniture. And I go, there's no way. I'm killing it in IT. And he goes, well, I got you an interview with Null. And I'm like, well, what's Null? And he goes, it's a furniture company. They're a great furniture company. And I go, you mean like the stuff you buy at Staples? And I'm like, not going there. 
Yeah, you well, already when, set it up. Yeah, <laughs> I think when when I think the stuff at, at Staples, I think no. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so it was hilarious. I met with this lady, Bridget Sabar. I'll never forget, regional manager of New Jersey for Null at a Ruby Tuesdays. Are they even? They're still around. <laughs> Maybe in Jersey, but um, no, they're, they're not making it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're at the Ruby Tuesdays, and I'll never forget, I walked into the interview, and I just said, let's just get this straight. I make over $100,000. I'm killing it in commission. You need to tell me why I need to be in office furniture. <laughs> nice. She goes, excuse me? And I go, yeah, yeah. I'm doing this as a courtesy to my friend. And then she literally turned around and she said, we need young people like you. Let's just talk about who you are, what makes you you. And then she just goes, well, if you started here, what would you do? And I go, well, I'll give you a 30, 60, 90. And I just make this up right now. And I just started bulleting point of asking her questions of like, who makes decisions? Who are the influencers? And all of a sudden she was just like, you're hired. I go, what do you mean? You're hired. And I looked at her and I go, well, you can't afford me. <laughs> and the next thing I know, I'm selling office furniture. And I'll never forget. I left the interview and I'm like, wow, she's sending me an offer for this afternoon. Uh, am I really going to do that? I made a pretty good career in the short time that I was doing IT to say, let me try something new, but I didn't love IT. And then I'm like, well, I love furniture and knock on wood. I took this job first week. I went to Siemens. I think people have heard of that company and I'll never forget. I'm walking with the regional manager, seven mock-ups and she goes, John, so what do you think? Ours looks like the best. And I looked right at her and I go, which one's ours? <laughs> so Cubby, at this point, did you even know what box box file meant? At, I mean, did you even know? Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Been BB, there. BBF, FF, this. And, you know, part of when I learned in IT, there's such a big difference in reaction time. When you were in IT, everybody wanted it yesterday. So if you didn't call somebody back in 10 minutes, you lost the order, right? You also had to read a thousand magazines, learn about every major computer, know the processor, the bus speed and everything, right? So then I go to furniture. There are these books on the shelf. They're like these books. Oh, yeah. I read all the books in one week. And I was like, why is like that book the same as that book, the same as that book? They're all the same sizes, but why did they have different books for them. <laughs> and I'll never forget. I went in a meeting and she's like, well, have you been studying? I go, yeah, I read all those books. I'm, I'm, I'm good. But what's, what's BBFF? <laughs> I mean, it is a different industry. And when I call people back, they're like, oh, I thought you'd call me like later this week. They were shocked that I was calling them five minutes after they called me. So, but this is now so, like it, almost, six, hey, this is 16 years ago. So you are, you know, my favorite thing is like, there's no such thing as like an overnight success, but sometimes there's an overnight success, 16 years in the making. So I'm really excited to see your move from Aronson now running your own thing. This is, pr this is pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's huge. I mean, you know, a lot of, you know, filled out a lot of credit applications. You totally forget that when you work for these other companies, someone once did that. So we have over 
think now a hundred contract furniture lines in less than two months. Wow. That's fantastic. All right. So let's, out, let's, oh. All right. So I I'm, I'm excited to go into the, uh, into the questions. So now let's take the last 16 years of your life. Someone's getting ready to do a furniture project. What's the best piece of advice? They're early on. They haven't picked anybody. They haven't picked an architect. They haven't picked anyone, but they know furniture is a big piece of it. Give, give that person some good advice right now. My advice to every person that I meet is don't read everything that's out there. Don't, you know, an architect tells you that benching is the way to go. Benching may not be the way to go. This, this business, your business needs to be what you want to make of it. It's important to understand the differences in the types of workplaces, but you need to see what kind of workplace you're going to sit in and the generationals, the generations you're going to hire within your workplace. I always tell people, are we hiring all young people? Are we hiring a mix? How do you want them to interact? Okay, I can tell you what I think. What I think doesn't mean anything. What means something to you is how do you want your people to sit? Do you want to sit out in the open? Look, I, I, I can have a private office. I sit out in the open with everybody. I feel like I want to interact and bring energy to the table. You want to sit in a place that you're going to do the same for people. You're going to meet with architects and benching is the new thing. They're going to tell you, hey, you should buy benching. This is why you should buy benching. Oh, and by the way, I'll save you money too, because we could put more people in a smaller place. That doesn't mean it's going to work for you. You know, I worked with a company, my friend's company, Bill Trust, and I talked to him. About, he's like, what's the marketplace? I got you build what you built for you. And he didn't build benching. Everybody told him benching. And he went out and he did what worked for them. And I think that's when people ultimately get what they want and build the culture they want. It's all about culture. If you don't build the right culture at a company, you're not going to be successful. And that's what I tell every major person is what culture do you want to build? I love it. I love it. Um, I am a, uh, not that I'm old, I'm only eight years older than you, but like, <laughs> I'm such a private office guy. Like I really am. Like I, I am an extrovert, but like <laughs> when I want to recharge, I need that. I need my womb, you know, as a, as a no guy, you know exactly <laughs> what I mean, right? I need, I need that womb because I'm extroverted, but I, I want to go out and pop, 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 and be out at night and lunches and, and networking events and do all this. But when it comes time for me to work, I have found that through the years, I need that, I need that sealed off space. And, and, and that's what works for me. Um, and it has nothing yeah. to do with uh, status. I mean, I just need it because I need no. to get work done. I need to close the door and get some work done, but <laughs> you know, that's just me. All right. No, and hey, Covey, tell us a little something. Um, about you that maybe not everybody knows. At one point in my life, I was shy. Nobody would ever believe that if they talked to me. But um, when I was younger, I was shy. I wasn't as confident as I used to be. Um, I played a lot of sports. And, you know, my parents are Filipino and my dad didn't play like zero sports. My family played zero sports, but I was all into it. And I remember just wanting to be good at things and, you know, failing and failing and failing. And it's weird that I point back to a day and I know the day where everything in my life flipped. I used to practice so hard. Um, I used to love Larry Bird. It's really weird. Larry Bird, 
Everybody liked Michael Jordan. I liked Larry Bird. Why? Because he was big. He was white. He couldn't jump. But all you heard about Larry Bird is the guy practiced and he practiced and he was better than everybody else. So I made my dad put a light up on a basketball court next to our house. I would shoot till two to 3 a.m. every morning till I became really good at something and I played baseball and I, I tend to draw conversations out too, by the way, if you haven't noticed. No, no, um, no, 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 no. We love it. I'll cut you um, off. I'm going to go to the me, baseball. Hey, Calvi, if you see me going like this. <laughs> so I'll never forget. I was playing center field. And for some reason, I could practice better than anybody. I could hit the balls, home runs, doubles, triples. I, I just couldn't do it in a game. And there was a game. And it was bottom of the city. I only played six innings in, in uh, Little League. And I'll never forget the ball was hit to left center field. I just ran, ran and ran and I jumped and I stood up and I was laying on the ground and everybody from the stands was just running onto me on the field. I caught the ball. And I'll never forget it. I caught the ball. And from that day on, I caught everything from that day on. I could hit the ball. I don't know what happened. And that's what I like try to tell people is, the day your confidence flips is the day nobody can stop you. Oh. The day you figure that out and you're not going to know when it happens because from that day on, I became outgoing. I became positive. I became like, you realized the hard work that you put in resulted. And when your mind finally figures out, wow, the end result feels so good. Now you want more end results. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's oh, the mindset right. I, I, mean, I have. Calvin, is... You're just talking about leveling. I mean, you're you're a you're a uh, a kid and you're talking about leveling up. You just, you know, the whole world as I know it and see it, whether you're a company or a human or a kid, you know, when you have a higher expectation of yourself, you're allowing yourself to level up. I mean, that mindset yeah. is key. This episode of the Office Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Fusion Advisory. We help commercial contractors generate leads online profitably. Check us out at fusion-advisory.com. So let's let's go into let's go straight into mindset. Okay. So what do you do? Because that was a great mindset shift as a kid. What do you do to keep your energy and mindset positive right now? Because I love your energy, but what do we do to keep it positive? I mean, that's probably my biggest strength. I, if people don't think I have bad days. I have bad days. <laughs> yeah. But for me, it's just the push. I, I can always see the end goal. You know, I don't know I'm going to get there, right? But I know where I want to be. And if I know where I want to be, I can push myself to go there. I don't mind the hard work. I don't mind the trial and error. I don't mind failing. I mean, I've done some stupid things in my young sales career, <laughs> um, but my goal is, you know, and I always tell people I inter we're interviewing so many people right now because we're hopefully going to bring all, <clears throat> all these people on. <clears throat> I said to them, don't come here unless you want someone to challenge you because there is not an employee that I brought on to work for me that I didn't push them out of their comfort zone. So it, until you're uncomfortable with being comfortable, you're not going to be successful. And I, I say it day in and day out. Um, and I love it. The people that want to work for me will run through a wall for me. All right. Hey, it's, it's, it's <laughs> obviously, obviously you're going to challenge the people around you, 
but else what what else can you do as a leader because now you're now you're on the the full you know the buck stops with you right so what are we going to do to keep that team positive and, and what do you do to keep them motivated because we know you can challenge them but but what else are we going to do to kind of um i'm not asking you for a kumbaya but like what do you do to keep the the energy positive with the team like I always try to like do team events, try to do things together. Um, looks, I, I try to come up with fun events that we could do with our clients and I make them all participate. Um, one of the big ones I used to do was a, uh, it's called the, a gingerbread building contest. It started as a team building event where, hey guys, let's just all get together and build gingerbreads. Let's have a gingerbread contest. And like, I would pair the most unusual group of people together just to get them to work together. And we'd have fun with it. We'd give out, you know, almost everybody got, you know, it's almost like a participation prize. Everybody would get a prize, but it ended up being a big industry event. We had 16 design firms in the state of New Jersey. I'm renting a facility and my whole team got into it. So let's, let's figure out how to do it. I mean, look, it's important to make sure that everybody on the team feels a part of the process. Um, Office furniture is, all too often, the guy that sells it gets all the kumbaya. Oh, John brought in all the sales. You know, we're going to build a company where you're all like, let's just, we're all going to be part of this. When we win, we all win. When yeah. we lose, we all lose. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the culture I want to build. And, you know, that's the culture that's going to grow our leaders for tomorrow. I want someone to replace me. I want to find five people to replace me. <laughs> hey, hey Covey, how about, how about when we win, we all win. And when we lose, it was John's fault. It was John's fault. That's fine. <laughs> we could do that. <laughs> all right. All right. Talk to me. All right. So you're obviously a, uh, a great learner. We talked a little bit about this. So talk to me about, um, you know, Hey, what's a favorite book you'd like to share with everybody? I don't read that often, but um, a book I did read was the Andre Agassi um, autobiography. Have you had a chance to read that? No, but I'm writing it down right now. So very interesting. I took tennis as high school. I just picked up a racket during PE once and then picked it up, started practicing, and then I made the team. Um, but I loved Andre Agassi. Image is everything. I'll never forget. So I wore his spandex shorts with his pants and I'm embarrassed to show those pictures today. It shows up on Facebook because my high school th friends think it's funny sometimes. That's <laughs> oh, good. But when sure you read, you could, Hey, if anybody could rock highlights with a good mullet, oh, I'm yeah. sure you could. <laughs> I, I think you can own it. You know, well, that mullet wasn't real. Wait till you read this book. <laughs> this but you like Agassiz's guy, I, I loved it because the humility in he was so scared to fail, but he was also so scared to keep his image. So that long hair, when you read it, I don't think it's earth shot. I think people know he was wearing fake hair to keep that image. He was bald <laughs> and he had to hit rock bottom. And then when he hit rock bottom, he finally, finally decided to take advantage of the gifts that he was given. It's hard to explain. Most people that are very successful at what they do, they're good at it. They achieve it. He was good and he didn't practice. Okay. And he kind of missed his prime of his career 
And when he was at rock bottom, he was like, oh my God, I actually do love this sport. And so when you hear about the places he was and how he dug himself out, it's pretty interesting. And to become the person he is today, um, very charitable foundations. Um, it's kind of amazing to see where he is today to how low. I don't think people get to the low that he almost killed himself. Yeah. Um, so it's very deep. And I, you know, I read it on a plane ride. That's it great. was random. That's great. I Someone remember, gave it to me and I just said, let me read it. I don't know how long it, it must've been 30, maybe longer ago, maybe 35, 40 years ago, but at least 30 years ago. But um, I was at a, uh, a club not far from here and I watched Agassi and Chang play a match, right? Michael Chang and Andre yep. Agassi, right? Yeah. They're playing at Horseshoe Bend Country Club, not far from here. And, and I'm just watching these guys play a game that I had never, at that level, at that elite level, I'm watching Michael Chang, you know, 20 feet behind the back baseline, just <laughs> track everything down. And he would just, and just, it was just, it was just uh, artistry, you know, just absolute artistry to watch these guys hit balls. And, um, and I, I can literally, literally the hairs on my neck are standing up right now thinking about when you see <laughs> that level of awesomeness and to be able to see Agassi at his prime, it was so much fun to watch. So, Hey, do you have a software you want to share? I know you, I, Hey, as an IT guys or a, a, there a piece of software that you can't live without. No, I don't think anybody can live without their phone, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what the software I like lately? Wow. I'm going to give this company a spot. It's called Coppernick. Have you heard of it? Coppernick? Coppernick. I think, and I'm going to spell this right because I, I, I use this software and it's really cool software. I'm a data person. I keep almost all my notes. I, I love CRM systems. This program indexes your computer, but not only does it index your computer, it index every Word file, every Excel file, every email, everything. Mm. If I type a company name and I put it in this search engine, it'll show me every place where that company name is from an Excel sheet from like 15 years ago to an email 20 years ago, as long as it's on my computer. So I'm a guy that keeps tons of databases, tons of information from I, I've inform, I've tenants in the markets list. They, we call them Tim's list in the business. I'm sure you've heard of it. Mm -hmm. I've Tim's list from 2001 too. I keep them in here for me. Information is knowledge. This software has allowed me to type a name in and it'll pull Tim's list from like 2002 to now. And that gives me information on all of it. Who was the broker? Who wasn't the broker? And I love it. I've been, oh, I love you know, it. Okay. So I, I just looked at it real quick <laughs> and we'll put it in the show notes too, but it's Copernic, yeah. C-O-P-E-R-N-I-C.com. Yep. And it looks yep. really powerful. I love it. C-O-P-E-R-N-I-C. I'm going to get it. I, I absolutely, I need that. Um, I just started organizing my desktop more and it's, it's revolutionized <laughs> my life just having it. Um, yeah. Hey, share with us. What's a great piece of advice you'd like to share or you'd like to remind yourself with, Covey? What do you got? A good piece of advice. Not everybody, everybody succeeds in different ways. Okay, so because I do it a certain way and because you do it a certain way, there's no right way. To be successful, you have to create your own way. 
And if you're constantly evaluating your way to be better, and then that works. We all have different personalities. Not anybody's going to have the high energy that I have, the enthusiasm that I have. There are people who are going to be completely opposite and can be just as successful. And both will succeed under me because I don't push, uh, I don't push a uh, type of work. I mean, there are two things I always tell people. There are two things you can't train, work ethic and pride. Mm. If you have those two, I can do anything with you. We can go places together because you can't teach somebody work ethic. They either have it or they don't. And you can't teach pride. So I take pride in everything I do. You can't teach that either. If you meet someone that's prideful about everything they do and they have both, you better just grab them. I don't care what they do. If they want to work for you, you just hire them. And I have two or three examples in my career where I just saw them. We met. And I just said, you're working for me. And they're like the best employees I've ever had. No furniture experience, zero. And they were an expert in two months. I love it. I love it. All right. <laughs> That's the so, advice I have to anybody hiring. Well, Pride and brilliant. work ethic. I, I think it's absolutely brilliant. Hey, if people wanted to get more advice from you, if you wanted to find out how to engage you, pick your brain, um, just maybe they've got a project coming up. Hey, uh, John Covey, how would, what's the best way for someone to get in touch with you? Right. It's going to sound old school. Call my cell phone. <laughs> really? You're so going to do this. You You're going to give your cell phone out. You're going to do it. I, yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. Go ahead. Look, 609-306-2798. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to put that's that it. in the show. We'll put that in the show notes too. You want to, and I, uh, too many available LinkedIn. LinkedIn's great too. I'm going to put that in LinkedIn's there LinkedIn's great too. All right. Put that in there, but I'm, you know, too many people hide behind email. Like emails become like, I don't know how to explain it. Guys got to pick the phone up these days because mm. people are actually shocked when they get a voicemail now because they're so used to getting 20 emails. If you can get a voicemail, I mean, People are like, wow, you called me like three times. I had to call you back. I love it. I love it. So John Covey, principal at LBJ Interior Solutions in yep. uh, the Princeton area of New Jersey, servicing uh, the Northern Jersey and the world. Correct? Did I get that right? Correct. All Universe. Right, John. Let's, not, right. let's not keep it just to the world. Okay. <laughs> All right, brother. Hey, thanks for being on. And I can't wait till we talk again. Okay. Thanks, brother. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Office Marketing Podcast. Be sure to join the conversation on our YouTube channel, LinkedIn, and Facebook pages. If you enjoyed the episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.